Welcome to the Fraser Basin Council's First Nations Home Energy Save podcast. I'm your host, Darla Simpson, coming to you from beautiful North Vancouver, British Columbia, on the traditional lands of the Squamish and Tsleil-Waututh nations. For today's podcast, we have a special guest joining us, Gilles Lesage of Total Home Solutions. Total Home Solutions are an energy service organization providing both Energuide home evaluations on existing residences and energy certified home evaluations for new construction. They also offer design consultations so that new home construction is meeting the required BC step code regulation. Jill himself has over 15 years experience as a registered energy advisor, first in Manitoba and now in British Columbia, so they are very knowledgeable about what it takes to build or retrofit to achieve a comfortable, energy efficient, and just really well-built home in BC. We spoke with Jill about a community-wide project they worked on in partnership with the Osoyoos Indeed Band. This project is just wrapping up, but it's a great example of how scaling up your projects can open up opportunities to access expertise and funding and really have a transformative effect on your community, as opposed to the more incremental home-by-home approach we more often use. Welcome, Jills, to the First Nations Home Energy Safe podcast. Thanks for joining us today. Great to be here. And so you've joined us here today to talk a little bit about a project that you've worked with with the Soyuz Indian Band. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the the Indian band and, and your experience with them? Yeah, it's been uh, fantastic so far. We were contacted roughly, actually almost exactly three years ago to do some energy evaluations at the band's existing homes. And the reason for that was basically because the residents and the band members were experiencing very high utility costs for their homes in general. So we're looking for ways to kind of um, help with that and mitigate that. So that was kind of our first step. We were asked to perform the energy evaluations and we did about approximately 150 homes. And with that, uh, we were able to to do blower door testing, look at the insulation levels, the heating systems in the homes and come up with kind of a little bit of a game plan for each individual home to see what would make sense to upgrade here to help with uh, overall energy consumption, obviously, and as well as the cost for utilities being, you know, mostly electric and also some natural gas. So we were able to compile a kind of a master game plan for each home. And we sent that information to the band. We were able to provide each home with an guide label showing what the performance of the homes was and reports. So that was all kept on file with the housing department here. Fantastic. And did it start out as this big scheme to do all 150 homes or... Like, how did the germ of the idea of doing this community-wide project come to be? Even back then, three years ago, we didn't know that we would be here today. We were just tasked with doing the energy evaluations, and that was about it. And so um, it was a great first step. But I think looking back, what that kind of provided was kind of a master game plan for anything in the future that we might want to move forward on. And that's exactly what happened since we did have a very complete listing of the performance of the homes, how they could be better, it kind of helped us propel forward to take that next step, which is what we did about a year and a half ago. And that's where we the whole concept of designing this this home energy program for the band kind of came into fruition. You know, it was as a result of first evaluations and I was saying, hey, we've got all this information. Why don't we move forward and actually now do something about it? And of course, the Soyuz Indian Band, they're in the southern part of the province of British Columbia. I'm imagining they have a pretty high cooling load in the summer. They've got heating in the winter. Can you give us some examples of some of the energy efficiency opportunities you've uncovered? Were there themes that you saw? 
Absolutely. You know what? The houses here were built mostly from, I would say, mid-90s to mid-2000s. And there's some, obviously, that are a little bit older than that and some that are obviously newer than that. But for the most part, the homes here were mostly electrically heated. So they had electric furnaces or electric baseboard heat. Some of them had central cooling as well if they had an electric furnace. And some had window air conditioners if they had baseboard heat. We had roughly about 15 homes here that were on natural gas and they also had some air conditioning and gas heat. And of course, when we mentioned electric and gas, of course, the domestic hot water systems were also provided on electric heat. You know, homework can feel that a little bit more on the uh, financial side of things. So what we found mostly was that the largest recurrence of upgrades that kept coming up for a lot of these homes is to provide some heat pump technology for heating and cooling the homes as well. And of course, the hot water systems were looked at. We saw mostly electric storage tanks, your typical systems we'd see even today. So we were looking at pump technology upgrades for as well as for the hot water systems too. So we've had some great stories from some of the band members whom we have finished all of the upgrades. And we are estimating that a lot of these homes that were upgraded with the heat pump technology for hot water heating and that they were going to save about 45% on consumption as well as, you know, almost slashing their electricity bill in half. And you really took a whole home approach when you when you went through and did these audits and, and upgrades as well, looking at insulation, ventilation. Absolutely, yes. When we did our first evaluations, we not only went and did the energy evaluations, you know, to our you know minimum procedures or what have you, we did want to go through each home and we had uh, noted any extra items that could affect indoor air quality, such as ventilation. We've also looked at other issues that might be causing moisture issues or, or trapped humidity and just general conditions of the home that can be looked at as well. In many cases, when people look at upgrading homes, you know, it's just like, well, let's just change the windows or let's just change our furniture to this or that, you know, there might be some other items in a home that are more important to upgrade first to provide better health and better comfort instead of just going straight to the obvious things. So that's kind of the glasses we were wearing when we were going through each of these homes is to see what's the best suited combination of upgrades for this particular home, what makes sense, what's going to be cost effective and save money in the end. And as well, you know, we're also talking with the with the homeowners and the band members saying, hey, listen, you know, this is what we're thinking, you know, what are your thoughts? And, you know, input from the homeowners is also extremely important. And that was actually my next question. I'm wondering, 150 homes, how was that all coordinated? Did homes sign up? Was this all managed through the housing manager? Yes, it was mostly done through the housing manager, you know, in partnership with ourselves and others, you know, including Forest BC as well. They, they're a huge part of this particular program. So we did have 150 homes and we knew from our game plan which homes we're going to benefit from what upgrades. So from there, we put each home in a priority sequence, you know, from the elders to the families. The band here went through a whole list and said, okay, here's a priority of homes and where we're going to concentrate on certain upgrades. So I guess what I'm trying to say is that not every home could have every single upgrade that we came up with. There was only a certain amount of funding available. And some homes, in fact, um, didn't need any upgrades. We looked at all this as we went through. And as we started to actually work on some of these homes, we kept gauging our list and reprioritizing as needed because we wanted to stay on budget. And we wanted to make sure that, you know, as many homes get benefit from the program with upgrades that made sense for that home. It sounds like it was quite an iterative process, kind of revisiting it and, and revising as you go. How did the residents feel? Were they excited? Were they, yeah, come in and give me a hand or... <laughs> 
we've had a really positive experience so far. We've gotten to know a lot of the members as we've gone through the homes, our contractors that we affiliated ourselves with or got to do these upgrades on our behalf. Obviously, they've gotten to know the members as well. We've got some positive feedback there too. And now that we're nearing the end of the program, we're getting feedback from the homeowners who have uh, been experiencing or receiving their recent utility bills. And we're actually seeing some positive results that we were estimating. So glad to hear that. So you have home evaluations for 150 homes. You've prioritized them. You see the opportunity that's there. Is it at this point that you go out looking for funding support? Basically, the funding was uh, was applied for in two different phases. There was the first phase before we did our initial evaluations. There was a um, another company that was in charge of looking for the funding that uh, was successful to get us in there. And it's mostly uh, Fortis BC uh, that were mostly responsible for the funding to have the initial evaluations done. So there's some funding there from Fortis BC for the first round. And for the second, when we were tasked with implementing some of these upgrades, then obviously we went through for funding along with Fortis BC. The other component would be INAC or now known more as um, ISC. And uh, with that, uh, we had enough funding to procure equipment, establish a relationship with the contractors. The funding so far, we did get a set amount of money and we've uh, we've been budgeting the upgrades uh, with that amount. And we've continued to gauge it as we go through finishing project with project, updating our budgeting, obviously, with the actual costs and then revising and reprioritizing for, you know, as we went. And so one thing that was a positive out of this is that having the first evaluations done, having a kind of a game plan drawn up where every home was looked at from a whole home perspective and that concept and that actual game plan there was detrimental or was it was a key part of obtaining the funding. It, it was one of the best applications that they've seen or, or the most thought out applications. It very much streamlined that funding application process. One of the big takeaways for me is the importance of scaling up and, you know, having such a large project, being able to bring in all of that expertise, as you say, all of the different uh, specialized contractors, you know, that's not something you may be able to do with a single home or cost effectively with a single home. But I'm imagining with 150 homes, there's kind of an economy of scale there that you can achieve. And certainly from the funder perspective, I can see it being very attractive that you have this game plan. You really clearly laid out what you want to do and how you're going to achieve it. Oh, absolutely. Yes. You know, from knowing the extent of, of the program and how much work we will be doing, we knew exactly that we we're going to be installing 75 central heat pumps and at least 70 heat pump hot water heaters and 25 mini splits and 15 gas furnaces. So we knew all that from the get-go. So it kind of gave us a little bit of leverage with the heating contractors. They were able to go to their suppliers and manufacturers and say, hey, listen, we got a great program here. We need, you know, 75 of this and what can we do? And a lot of suppliers and wholesalers and the manufacturers stepped up and we got some bulk pricing on many items. And we even had, um, a manufacturer. It was Mitsubishi, in fact, that said, yeah, this looks like a great project. We're actually going to supply you with systems at this rate or supply them to our local contractor there at this rate. So that really did help us out in the end. As I understand it, the Asoyus Indian Band actually started by working with a grant writing organization to kick things off. Is that right? 
there was a fellow by the name of Mel with Land Strategies. I think his office is based out of Calgary. So he was the one that was first. Uh, he's done a lot of work with the Soyuz Band in the past. And he was who had contacted us firstly to actually come out and, and do the first round of evaluations, uh, which we did with the help of Fortis BC at that point. And then about a year and a half later, we got the call from him again saying we've, we're going to go for some funding and we'd like for this to move more ahead for like a second phase, I guess. And we're actually going to implement some of these upgrades. And it's like, wow, that's fantastic. And after all is said and done with the funding applications and negotiations, how did the costs end up breaking down? How much did the residents contribute or how much did the band contribute? Some of the rebates that we're getting from Fortis BC, because that's a huge part of our funding is the, the Fortis BC program. They have come up with what's called the ICCP, uh, which is the Indigenous Communities Conservation Program. So that was a huge part of it. And those incentives keep changing depending on the work that we're doing. So we're gauging that. The other set of funding was obviously a set amount from ISC. And with that, we were able to manage the priorities where the, the, the homeowners, band members are not paying anything at all for the upgrades for their homes. And there was an in-kind contribution as well from the band to help out with this program as well. Bottom line is that the, that the homeowners are getting um, probably the most important upgrades to their homes that they can get to save them the most money and at, uh, at no cost to them. That's amazing. How could you say no? <laughs> I'm going to reduce your utility bills. You don't have to pay a dime. <laughs> it sounds like a really big win. In terms of the logistics of kind of selecting the equipment, was all of that specced out by yourself or was that kind of left to the contractors uh, to spec out the equipment and then manage the orders and, and that sort of thing? What the first step was to actually find the right people. Portis BC has what they call the Trade Ally Network here in British Columbia. So that was our first step. We want to kind of align ourselves with contractors who were obviously very good at what they do. They're part of the Trade Island Network uh, and they do the job properly. We've basically been working with two local contractors out of Penticton, just a, a few minutes away from here. And one thing that we want to ensure as well is that not only were these systems going to be designed and installed properly, but that they were going to be sized properly as well. So that was something that fell on the heating contractor's side. They came into every home and they looked at the ducting and looked at the size and, and they made sure that we were sizing and having the proper system go in there. So we're not just showing up with a truck full of standard furnaces and heat pumps and just putting them in because we've learned in the past that if you put just any kind of heat pump into a home, there's a chance that if it's not done properly, it will burn out or it will not work properly. Yeah, very, very important. As part of our first round of evaluations that we did in our um, reporting, we were able to actually have a bit of a heat loss, heat gain calculation that came along that. Not a very official one, but it was an idea that the uh, heating contractors took those numbers and actually said, okay, that's great. We can use that. We know, you know approximately what size of system the homes need. So all in all, the heating contractors came back to us with systems that they recommended that were properly sized. They went to their suppliers and saw about some bulk ordering. We had the systems delivered here on site and stored because there's some tax exemptions in that regard. If we needed more stuff, they just had to go ahead and order it. So they're managing the, the inventory side of things for the most part. Excellent. Again, really good contractors means you can kind of leave them with the details and you know you're going to get good quality work, good quality equipment. And I imagine that there's some benefits in terms of consistency. So if you've got the same kinds of heat pumps, you know, the same systems in different homes, you build a little bit of expertise in your maintenance staff or good relationships with, with maintenance contractors that can come in and help fix those things. Oh, absolutely. Consistency is a powerful thing. We were just talking with the heating contractors yesterday, in fact, uh, Ideal Energy out of Penticton. And, you know, now we're talking about how to streamline maintenance. You know, it's important. Not only should we be upgrading homes and giving them new equipment, it doesn't end there. 
Part of our program is to actually educate the home residents on how to change filters, when to change filters, proper maintenance to keep them going, give them the tools to, to, to take care of this equipment as much as a homeowner can, but then also provide a representative from the band as well to kind of be in charge of that. But also the contractors are also going to be providing us with a maintenance program for the first few years to make sure that everything is running as smoothly as possible. So yeah, so that's part of our program is just not to pop these things into the homes, but also to provide the tools to, to maintain them and to, and to keep them working as best as possible. So can you give us an example of what a project would look like in a single home? Was it done in phases? How long did it take? I'll speak specifically to the second phase where we're actually implementing some of these upgrades. The first thing was to um, determine what the priorities were. So I'll take a particular home here. 60% of the homes that we did here would be an electrically heated home, electric furnace with a standard air conditioner with uh, about R28 of insulation in the attic. Uh, electric storage, typical hot water tank, and you know, re relatively well-sealed homes. Our first blow door testing showed that these homes were actually quite well-sealed already, so the air leakage draftiness was not a, a huge concern. But in regards to all of that, we noted that the attic could use almost a double top-up, like twice as much insulation, and of course, the electric furnace and hot water should be replaced with something that's more efficient uh, with heat pump technology. So. The first thing we would do is have the heating contractors go in and do some kind of a design visit 10-15 minutes, measure the ducting, make sure that when they come back, they've got the right equipment, right size, so they're not wasting time going back and forth. So we would install the uh, the heat pump system as well as the domestic hot water system. That can be scheduled with these homeowners quite quickly and in about a day, maybe two days at the most, depending on the complexity of the house. Next up, as we looked also at the whole home aspect of things, we noticed that because these homes were actually quite well sealed, we really, really wanted to ensure that fresh air was available to the homeowners. It's very easy to have a house, you know, be a little stale on the inside if we don't have enough air movement, especially if it's a well-sealed home. So ventilation fans were part of our program. We're putting them in probably 80% of these homes, a main bathroom fan that, that works automatically. And so we put those in as well. So that's another scheduled visit. And for homes that had attic insulation also to be put in, we want to make sure that the uh, ventilation fans were done first. It's harder to put a fan through an attic space when it's been freshly topped up with insulation. So a little bit of coordination there. So we're looking at roughly four visits to a home, and that could spend you know weeks in between that, depending on how quickly we can get back there to do the next phase of work. Some homes went very quickly, and some homes we had to wait for certain things to get done before we move to the next step. And that's just all part of the program too. So I like that you really thought about the scheduling and making sure that things were done in a particular order to minimize the disruption to the home as well, which is fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. And then in the end, you mentioned about 40% cost reduction per home. That's about $1,300 a year. That's pretty significant. For these homes with the with the attic insulation, heat pumps and heat pump hot water heaters, we looked at uh, some estimations that we have and we're starting to get some feedback from some homeowners that are actually verifying that. We're looking at about 45% reduction in the cost of the actual electricity bill. There's a little difference between the 40% or 45% more energy efficient can be a little different than, you know, 45% less electricity bill. Some homes, you know, just had domestic hot water system put in and they already had a heat pump previously. Some homes um, were, were going to require gas furnace and uh, gas hot water tank. So a little bit less savings on the gas side because the efficiencies from the pre and the post are definitely more efficient at the end, but not as much of an impact as electric heat pump. Yeah. So every home will have kind of a varying degree of savings. 
But the ones that have had, and I'd say about 50-60% as mentioned, that are going with heat pump, hot water, and attic insulation, we're looking at about a 45% overall cost savings. And you mentioned you've started getting feedback from some of the residents. What were some of the other outcomes that they've noticed? A lot of it has to do with, you know, increased comfort for one. But the one that we're hearing the most is, uh, wow, I just got my first bill and I've got a credit on my electricity account. First time, you know, we're talking about equal payment plans, but uh, yeah, they actually have a credit. So yeah, I guess another year will tell exactly what the final outcome will be for the residents. Basically, as part of our reporting at the end, once we have all our final evaluations, and which we're starting today, actually, we're revisiting all the homes for final blow order testing and for the ones that are done. And we're actually going to be having a cost savings estimate for each of the projects. And that final number for the entire band is, is uh, what I'm looking forward to, uh, to having tabulated. Looking back on this project, what has been the secret to its success? What key elements would you recommend another First Nations community adopt if they wanted to replicate a project like this? You know what? The biggest thing that really stands out is proper applications for funding. And with that, it's not just a matter of filling out a form and then sending it off. I mean, a little bit of thought into that is, is, is one thing that we've seen that really did help out is to actually have a game plan kind of laid out. So well thought from the beginning, you know, looking at each home, seeing what is possible, seeing what makes sense for each home and the outcomes and the savings that are possible. Secondly is analysis, like we did for the first round of evaluations. I think that was key. Using that whole home attitude, we're, we're talking about not just energy costs and such, we're talking about people's homes and their health, indoor air quality and comfort, so, so important. You want equipment that's going to make sense for that home, designed properly, sized properly. So with the modeling we did and with obviously the expertise of the heating contractors and that collaboration is what so far has been proving to be a success. We've had really good success with land strategies who actually applied for the funding, collaboration with Fortis BC that also helped with the funding and they're checking in with us all the time to see how things are going. The collaboration between ourselves and the heating contractors, the installation contractors, the band members and the homeowners, it's been just a, a great experience so far. And I think it's so important that you did the legwork first, that you did the research to figure out what was needed in each home. Sometimes it's hard to find the money or want to find the money in time to invest in the research part of it. You think you know what the problem is, you want to spend your dollar doing the thing, not learning about what to do. <laughs> it's almost like anything else. If you plan well in advance, there's more effort needed at the onset. And with effort, obviously, can come some costs. But it lays down the foundation for a much smoother process for anything else. That goes for, for most anything. If you're building a home, if you plan it well and, and spend more time thinking about it before you actually dig the foundation, you'll get less headaches later on. And I guess now looking back, reflecting on the, this three-year journey, that's going to be a big chunk of your, your time and, and effort over the last three years. If you could give yourself a piece of advice when you were starting out on this project, what would it be? Uh, one thing I would do differently is just to have more streamlined communication with reaching the homeowners for appointments and such. There's a lot of stuff too that, that we've been uh, having to reschedule. Communicating effectively with the homeowners and the band. If you haven't changed your phone number, please let us know for the program. But really, apart from that, we're also learning as we go still. If you ask me the same question about two months from now, <laughs> I might have a better answer for you too. Wonderful. Thanks so much, Jill. I really appreciate you taking the time to share your story with us today and the wonderful outcomes. I think it's going to inspire some people to start dreaming a little big. My pleasure. Thank you. 
It's really impressive what the Asoyas Indian Band was able to achieve with this project, and a great example of the potential energy and utility cost savings when switching to a heat pump, especially if you're using electric resistance heating or trucked-in fuel. What I really appreciate is the whole home perspective, looking at building envelope improvements, as well as engaging with the residents to really understand what their needs are, what their concerns are, and addressing those. But one of my big takeaways is the importance of bringing together the right partners to develop the vision. The housing team at the Asoyus Indian Band, Jill and his team, the folks at Land Strategies, and Fortis BC as a real partner in the project, looking for ways to bring things together and collaborate. And they didn't need to have the whole vision, but with the right partners, they were able to create a compelling business case, access more funding, and even stack funding from provincial and federal sources. And this is a great example of where thinking bigger can mean being able to do more. Then collaborating with local contractors and through them manufacturers, negotiating those volume discounts, but also gaining access to the knowledge, the training and support that it's going to take to make it easier to maintain those new systems. This project is a really great example of the opportunity that's out there if you can marshal the resources and funding to take a really comprehensive whole community approach to energy efficiency. And I think that's going to serve the Asoyus Indian Band really well for many years to come. For more information on the Home Energy Save program, or to download the next podcast in this series, please visit Fraser Basin Council's website and the First Nations Home Energy Save webpage. You'll find there a companion resource for this podcast, along with links to incentive programs and resources available to Indigenous communities in British Columbia. You can also sign up for their newsletter to learn about new training opportunities and support programs. This podcast has been developed by SES Consulting as part of the Fraser Basin Council's First Nations Home Energy Safe program. The program is sponsored by the Province of British Columbia, BC Hydro, Fortis BC, and the Real Estate Foundation of British Columbia. Production by Aaron Trazo of Bird Media. <laughs>